Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hours here as we roll on from the Thomas and Mac and ready for an eight o'clock start. UNLV taking on Fresno State. More former NFL players on the horn. The former Eagle, Chief, Alabama alum, Mark McMillan is in. And Mark's got a special guest today. One of the guys he played with at Bama. A former Bengal, uh uh-oh, safety Sam Shade is here with us, Mark. I appreciate you coming on the show, my man, Sam Shade. Mark, man, I, I tell you what, I appreciate you guys having me, man. But I, I tell you what, you're a big part of that national championship, man. We won it the year after you left. I, matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this. I actually backed up Mark Mac, Mark McMillan that corner. He he started <laughs> corner. I started out that corner. Say what he he went down a couple times his senior year, man. I was nervous as crap going to that <laughs> uh, playing, playing that corner position. So I was glad Mark stayed healthy the whole season. <laughs> Hey, we, we, had, we had a loaded team, man. Uh, you know, it, like I said, you guys were true freshmen. Uh, Coach Stallings did a great job with that recruiting class that he brought in with you guys. Uh, you know, Sherman Williams. You know, there was Antonio Langham. Uh, David, you know, Palmer. David Palmer. You know, that recruiting class, uh, I knew because we, we didn't do pretty well. We didn't do good in the bowl game before that. So Coach Stallings really crapped the whip, and he said, I got some young guys that that's going to push you guys to make you guys better. And we're like, ah. But then we saw you guys coming in. We're like, man, he got some dudes coming in. We got <laughs> we got to step up our game. But uh, you know, the competition, uh, you know, in that in that DB room was thick, man. And it and it still goes on today as you watch Alabama play. You know, I know you've been coaching the game at uh, at a high level as well. What do you think about the program right now? And, and what can you say about the coaching job Nick Saban is doing? Well, 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 first off, Mark, I, I, I got to say, man, uh, Coach Saban, I mean, the entire country sees it. But I, I think people that don't know football, they, they don't realize. And, and, and Kirby Smart actually said it after the National Championship game. I, I actually said it after the SEC Championship game. I, I think it's his best coaching job since he's been in Alabama. I, I mean, it was he did an un, unbelievable job this year considering all the injuries that they had during the season, they lost the uh, starting defensive end across from Will Anderson the first ball game. Then his backup comes in. They lose him. <clears throat> they get to the third guy, number 15, true freshman. Yeah. Uh, offensive line, same issues. They lost three running backs. And, and the list just goes on and on. And it's just amazing. You know, some some teams would have just thrown their hands up and just said, hey, we'll wait till next year. But but those guys, they kept fighting. So, so I'm, I'm very proud of him. And, and I, I'll tell you, uh, it's, it's funny. We talk about the secondary. Mark, uh, McKinstry, man, uh, he actually, you know, I'm a high school coach here in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Penson Valley. State champion. Actually, Let, let's put that on there. Let's put state champion in Alabama now. Yeah, st- state champion. But uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, he was uh, he was one of my players his senior year at Penson. He actually won Mr. Football in the state of Alabama and all that. And he goes on to Alabama this year, and he goes in kind of like I did, and he's backing up at corner. And then the next thing you know, he's having to start in the SEC championship. Yeah. And he's having to start in the national championship at corner. And I felt his pain, man. Like, that, that's not easy to go out yeah. there and, and, and be on that island as a, as a true freshman, man. So, yeah. uh, you, you know, like I told him, I said, hey, hey young fella, just keep working, man. Just keep working. What were some of your thoughts when you hear your name getting drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals? <laughs> well, 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 first off, man, I'm, I'm sitting here at the Bengals. I, I had never followed the Bengals. <laughs> I've been a fan of the Bengals. I uh, wasn't too excited about going to Ohio because of the cold weather and stuff. 
funny story, Marcus. This is a great story. So I get there and I and after I make the team, after uh, you know, after preseason stuff, I make the team. We're standing outside one day at uh, doing walkthrough. And I asked one of the veteran guys, I said, Hey man, uh, hey, uh, what, where's the indoor facility, man? They were like, <laughs> they were like, man, we 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 ain't got no indoor facility. I'm like, hold on, we got an indoor facility at Alabama. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, so I said, well, I said, well, what what are we gonna do when it gets cold and it starts snowing and all this stuff and the weather's bad? They like, shoot, rookie, we're gonna be right out here, dog. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay, this this is the NFL. Like they weren't trying to like uh look all big and pretty and you know, it wasn't about recruiting, it's about hey dude, we drafted you, you ours now. So right. that, that was got, my- you know, um, obviously the record didn't display, you know, uh what kind of team you guys really were, but you guys had some really good athletes uh on that on that ball ball club. So I'm talking about Pickens, uh Darnay Scott. Uh oh. I know when we had to go play you guys, man, it was it wasn't no easy cakewalk. It was like, man, you got Jeff Blake throwing that thing down the field. So it was it was it was tough going up in the jungle, man. What was it like playing against those guys? And what was it like playing against Carl Pickens, knowing the SEC rival that we had against Tennessee? Oh man, I, I tell you what, Carl, Carl Pickens used to talk trash, man, to a lot of folks, <laughs> but he never really talked trash. He, he, he had a respect for, for for Alabama, for Alabama yeah. football. He really had a respect, man, and we we had a good relationship. But but I tell you what, everybody else, you know, he 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 talked he talked noise to him and and all that kind of stuff. But but no, we we had we had Corey Dillon on that team at running yeah. back, who who I think is is one of the he was probably one of the better running backs at that time in the NFL. I, I, he yeah. could have played for anybody, and and he would have been a starter for, for for anybody. And then, you know, uh, we we had one of our college teammates. Uh, we had John Copeland playing defensive line. Uh, you know, John, uh, great athlete as a as, as a defensive lineman, and you know, just just a lot of really good players. And I, I can remember people. One year we went three and thirteen. Uh, <laughs> so I remember people saying, "You know, hey, uh, this college team could beat the Bengals." And I'm like, uh, "We might not be winning the games, but but there's some dudes on on this team, and uh, you, you know, uh, we 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 had we just couldn't never put it together uh, like we needed to. Went through some different coaches. I, I actually was uh, fortunate enough to." Uh, my third and fourth year there, I had Dick LeBeau as a defensive coordinator, man. Mm-hmm. That that was an unbelievable experience <clears throat> for him. Hall of Fame coach. He, he played 14 years in the league, and and guys loved to play for him. I, I think what he had, he had played 14 years, and, and he was very humble. At one point, he had the uh, interception record in the whole NFL. He, he was the yeah. record. And guys would talk about that, and, 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 and Dick's thing, Dick, Dick would say, yeah, the only reason I had the record because they didn't want to throw at a uh, night train lane. Who was the other? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he say stuff like that, man. But, uh, but no, nah, he he was uh, that that was a great experience having a chance to be around a coach like him. And uh, we had some other coaches that were that were really good coaches. Uh, a couple former players, uh, Tim Crum around the D line, uh, Ray Horton, who had played ten years in the league, coached DBs. Uh, so I, I had a great experience in Cincinnati. Matter of fact, uh, the only reason I left and went to the Redskins was at that time when my contract was up. Uh, the Bengals, they, they didn't value the safety position back then. Uh, the front office, uh, they put value in the corner position, which Mark played. And 
the defensive ends, the D-line, and obviously quarterback, receivers, guys like that, left tackles. But they didn't value that safety position, and I was just in a situation where I, I felt I, I had to go out and test the market, and it was the right thing to do. It's the voice of Sam Shade with uh, Mark McMillan. Sam played for the Bengals in the National Football League and uh, played with Mark at Alabama as we're getting ready for the Bengals and the Raiders. So let, let's talk about the uh, maturation of the organization here. I mean, it looks like they've got the best quarterback they've had, you know, maybe since Peak Boomer, and certainly uh, Ken Anderson was a great quarterback. It changes everything, doesn't it, when you have a guy who can be a top-ten guy at that position? Absolutely. It really does. Mark and I, we've been there. and You know, even the morale of the team, not just the offense, but when you've got a quarterback and you know you got one and that means you've got a chance, it changes the morale of the team during the week and definitely during games because you know you got a chance. And Burrow, man, I tell you, Joe – He's he's one of the best I've seen wear wear those Bengal stripes in a long time. I actually uh, had a chance to play with Boomer. He came back to the Bengals kind of for a for a last hurrah type of deal. Uh, he wasn't the same Bengals. Uh, he wasn't the same. Uh, he wasn't the same Boomer from the from the eighties. But uh, with no Icky Shuffle coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, but 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 he was a great guy. Um, enjoyed that time getting to know Boomer. But uh, but Joe right now, I, I think he's one of the best. Best that's out there right now, and, and, and like you said, it makes a huge difference. Uh, you know, when you have a quarterback and it gives you an opportunity to know that you're going to win. Now, you know, we're here in Las Vegas, and it, it's been an up and down season. It's been a really uh, dramatic season for the organization, uh, for the players, uh, but they found a way, you know, to get into the playoffs. Uh, how, how do you see this game playing out uh, this weekend with the Bengals and the Raiders? Well, I, I, I'll tell you what, I, 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 I've got to, I've got to go with the Bengals, man. They're, they're playing well. Uh, we just talked about at the quarterback position, shoot Mixon at the running back position. He's playing well. The offensive line has seemed like they've really come together during this season and jailed. And, you know, obviously the, uh, the young guy from, uh, LSU at, at, at receiver, man, he's, uh, He's tearing it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, 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 he's dictating to defenses what, what they've got to do. Basically, he's telling you, if, if you play me one-on-one, I'm going to catch the ball and I'm probably going to score. Mm-hmm. So you might want to give give a little bit of help. So now you start taking those safeties and helping that corner, and then that, that opens up the running game for a guy like Mixon. And, you know, I, I just think they, they've got a great – just combination of what they're doing, and I think they're they're managing managing ball games really well uh, on offense. Sam, you you coach in the NFL. You assistant special teams coach. Rich Passaccia yeah. is a special teams coach. John Harbaugh is kind of the rarity of a special teams coach who went you know to the head coaching position and has had a lot of success. Based, based on your experience as a, a special teams coach and being around that, why can special teams coaches actually make good head coaches? You said, why can they? Yeah. Why is it working out for Basaccio? Because I think a lot of people looked at it and are like, hey, he's a special teams coach. This isn't going to work. Well, well I, I'll tell you right now, I, I think Basaccio has, has done an amazing job for the, uh, for the Raiders, and I, I think he'd be a you know, great choice if they decide to go that way. But special teams guys, they're the guys that deal with the whole team. Like if you're an offense coordinator, you might never interact with a defensive guy. You know, same thing for defensive guys, but special teams guys basically deal with the whole team. You have meetings, <laughs> offensive linemen have to play on PAT field goal, things like that. Uh, you coach the PAT field goal block, so you deal with defensive linemen. 
and and then even some organizations, uh, the way they do things, certain coaches, certain position coaches. I know when I first came into the league, there were certain position coaches like your receiver coach, defensive back coach, linebacker coach that would work with certain phases of special teams like punt, punt return, kickoff. And so now that coach, that special teams coordinator, he's he's also working with all the coaches. So he's got relationships with everybody in the building uh, from a classroom and a field aspect. And, and I've always felt like that special teams guy, he's got a pulse of the team and he's got to understand game management, certain situations. I've give, given an example uh, there's a deal you call a three-way situation where the offense, they've got the ball, they've crossed the 50, and let's say you've got third and, you know, third and 10, third and, tw- third and 12, and you've got to get inside the 40 to be in field goal range. So now that special teams guy, he's got to have a field goal team ready. He's got to have a punt team ready just in case they get sacked or something. Uh, or the head coach might decide to go for it, and that – special teams coordinator, he's all always on that headset with that head coach talking about the situations and scenarios that might come up. And, and so that's why I, I think special teams guys are, are really great choices. And, and, and all of them at some point have been an offensive or defensive coach at, at some point. Actually, in college, when I was special teams coordinator and co- coaching college ball, I actually coached defensive backs also, like – even when I was in Cleveland, I had a chance to kind of help out with the defensive backs when uh, we weren't doing special teams. So I, I, I like Versace. I think, like I said, I think he's done a great job. Mark, what do you think? I, I think he's doing a, a really good job. Um, I, I was actually talking to Eric Allen the other day as well. And, you know, from what Steve, you know, we're here right here on the ground and we're seeing it week in and week out. And, you know, for him to be able to ride this ship, and to get these guys to buy in, you know, that says a lot about a coach, you know, because these guys could have, you know, checked out uh, a long time ago. But, you know, he faced all the tough questions. Uh, he never backed down from any tough situation. Uh, he went, you know, he, he stands up and, and he's fired up. And players like to play for guys like that. You know, he, he's a guy uh, that that's given an opportunity to show that he can coach at a high level and lead a football team that, Everybody counted out after, uh, you know, Gruden got fired and, you know, Ruggs, uh, you know, his situation. And now you have the Raiders in, in the playoffs. <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, with he has no head coaching experience. Uh, you know, he's doing everything on the fly. Uh, I, I think I tweeted out the other day. I said, man, kudos to the whole staff, uh, you know, for, for standing behind him and not giving up and still putting in all the hours that it takes uh, to win a football game. Uh, because, you know, they, 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 it was like 5% chance they make the playoffs when they lost to Kansas City. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, they, they ride the ship. You know, Carr is up and down, but, he you know, he, he's he's gritty. And the defense comes away, you know, making plays. Special teams is big for those guys with the field goal uh, kicker uh, that's keeping them in the ball game. But I, I don't see any reason why people should just label him as a special teams coach and put him in that box. Just name him as a coach. And give him an opportunity. Well, but I tell you, if they named him the head coach, those guys will be fired up in that locker room. Well, I, I, I want to piggy, piggyback on that a little bit too, Mark. Uh, you know, I was in Cleveland on that staff in 2018, and uh, Hugh Jackson was fired, I want to say maybe game seven or eight. And a, a, as a staff, you, you know, you came in and you were professional and did your job, but I, 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 we, we, had, we had coaches I know were 
on the phones trying to get that next job. <laughs> you know, trying to trying to line that thing up because you know everybody was thinking, okay, we're going to be out of here, which we pretty much were. But that, that's why my hat goes off to uh, Basachi and those guys, that staff, like you said, Mark, on you know being able to weather that storm of of, of losing their head coach and, and and in the way that they lost him. I mean, it was a lot of things that happened uh, this season to the Raiders and for them to, uh, you know, be able to do what they've done. And, 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 and the other thing I can remember is uh, we actually had Greg Williams was our uh, interim head coach. And I, and I actually, uh, I thought Greg did a, did a, did a wonderful job. I I really did. Um, We didn't make the playoffs, but I just think he did a good job of keeping the team together, uh, holding guys accountable as far as uh, coaches and players to, you know, just doing your job. Now, he can't control, you know, when it hit 5 o'clock and, and coaches were in there on the phones <laughs> trying to get that other job. <laughs> but, but for the most part, uh, at practices, the practices were sharp and crisp. The meetings uh, went on like they should have gone on. And uh, so I'm quite sure Versace, he's, he's he had to, you know, he, he, he has to be doing a great job because I've, I've been through that experience. Well, guys, that was great. Sam, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck uh, in the future, and good to hear you're doing well and uh, winning at the highest level as a coach. All right. Who day? Sam Shade, former NFL player with the Bengals and with the Redskins and just won a state championship in Alabama and played at Alabama. All right, Mark, let's do it. Let's get to the nitty-gritty here. What's going to happen? Bengals win or the Raiders pull the uh, mild upset? You know, I, I wouldn't say uh, it will be – I would say a mild upset, uh, but I am picking the Las Vegas Raiders to go into the jungle and beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, I would say because of the experience of David Carr, uh, the way they played on the road, and, you know, the inexperience of, uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Barrow, it's going to be a really tough battle. But I am really looking forward to this matchup, and I'm picking the Raiders. You know, one of the factors people have mentioned is that the Raiders will just be happy to be there, and I don't believe that, even though I know they just came off a really emotional spot against the Chargers. That's just not what this team is, and we just went through it with with Sam about the ups and downs of the season. I mean, this this is a week-to-week team, and I, I, I absolutely believe they are motivated by the fact that people keep saying they can't do it. And as a player, you know, you, you listen to that, and, and you feed that, and you use that as, as momentum. And trust me, you can see on Derek Carr's face last week when he was playing that game, man. He was locked in. Uh, he made a couple bad throws, but he finished the game. He was locked in. Uh, Max Crosby, uh, whenever you have a defense alignment like that, that can get after the passer, you always going to have an opportunity to win the game. And, you know, they have a Waller coming back. Uh, you know, Renfro is it's killing those guys in the slot. So they have some pieces to be able to win the game. I don't buy into everybody saying these guys are happy to be there. When you reach the playoffs in the National Football League, which is very hard, you're so pumped up and excited to be able to put on another show and try to have an opportunity to win the bowl game because everybody's 0-0 zero zero right now. Uh, last one. I, I did want to ask you about Renfro and what you see because he just turned in a monster season and he's become such a good go-to guy. And much of what they talk about – with Renfro is route running and his footwork. Like, what do you see as a cornerback with Renfro and open space and guys trying to cover him? Uh, great patience, uh, really good route runner. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy. I remember, you know, seeing him practice 
uh, when I went down to Clemson and Dabo was like, man, this guy is going to be really good. And he was just so scrawny. I was like, this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he plays against Alabama in the National Championship and he just tears us up. And, you know, now you see him growing into himself. He's one of Derek Carr's favorite receivers. Uh, in the red zone, he's pretty much automatic. And, you know, it's come to a point when you see it on TV or live, you know they're going to Renfro in the red zone, and those guys still can't stop it. So, you know, he's, he's going to back up that Brinks truck, man. He's going to make himself a lot of money. Let's close on this, Marco. What's going on? Do you have the uh, smoker locked up, the grill away? It's a little bit colder out. you still cooking? What's going on on the spice front? What's happening? Oh, I'm still grilling. I'm still grilling, man. I'm hosting a watch party this uh, weekend with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, and the uh, it'll be streamlined. So I got some pork butt that I'm gonna be smoking, man. I just launched my new seasoning, Boom 3.0, which is available right now on GrillingMcMillan.com. So I'm excited about that, man. It's football weekend. It's pork butt. It's brisket. <laughs> it's wings, baby. I'm ready. And my Eagles are in the playoffs. So let's fly, baby. I love it. It's pork butt. That's all we need to say. It's pork, but all right, Mark, have a good weekend. Party it up. Enjoy the food, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Appreciate it, man. Good spot today. Football insider Mark McMillan, who, of course, played in the NFL for upwards of nine years with the Chiefs and the Eagles. If you're looking for the breakdown of the Raiders game, postgame style, and the look ahead to Sunday's games, listen in 8 o'clock. Sunday morning, Westgate will be live before the Sunday Football Central. It'll be me and Adam Candy on the scene. Football Central inside the theater at the Westgate is awesome. The giant 4K HD screens, full bar, great food specials, and Gooch from Comp will be on the scene giving away prizes throughout the Sunday games. So get on down on Sunday morning. We start at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Football Central at the Westgate Resort and Casino. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. This is first time in the playoffs as well. Now, he's been in the NFL longer, but that doesn't mean that he has more experience. So who's going to play mistake-free football and who's going to step up? The Bengals can't protect Joe Burrow. You know, you got Crosby who leads the league in most quarterback pressures. But then again, the secondary for the Raiders are horrible. So it's going to be like, who can protect their weaknesses better? It's Cofield and Company, live from the Thomas and Mac. Getting ready for UNLV and Fresno tonight. Tip a little bit later, 8 o'clock, 7.30 with Running Rebel warm-up. Again, Fresno in town, solid team off to an 11-4 start. UNLV looking to stack wins, trying to get to 10-6. Uh, and six. Willie's here, it's Cofield, big day tomorrow. All over Lotus Broadcasting, both Comp 92.3 and Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Eric Allen's been doing uh, great coverage pre and post on uh, R&R 920 along with JT the Brick. And EA gives us a couple minutes here, uh, Cofield and Willie over at the T&M. Eric, how you doing? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Just about to hop on the bird a little bit, get over uh, to Las Vegas and uh, get ready for this big game tomorrow. So what's the energy like for you, a, a former player, as the Raiders have finally made it back to the playoffs here, and they've got a winnable game in front of them? Yeah, sure do. And uh, I was reminded of my playing days watching film this week. And, again, sometimes you can just kill yourself with watching, and, and especially with a guy like Joe Burrow and Chase. You're watching and watching. You're waiting for these guys to have some breakdowns, and all you see is big-time explosive plays. <laughs> well, yesterday I kind of just threw the iPad on the bed. It's like, forget it, man. I'm tired of watching this guy continue to chew up the rest of the NFL. But you can't get into a situation where you watch too much film, and you have to really be careful of that. You have to figure out a way how to really balance 
at uh, film preparation, so you prepare for you know game plans and situations, but you don't want to get into a spot where you're trying to see things that are not really there, prevent you from playing fast. So you watch that Burrow to Chase connection. Who's more impressive, the quarterback or the receiver? <laughs> I, I think it's Joe Burrow. Yeah. Obviously, coming out of preseason, people were wondering, and I'm not sure why, if Chase could catch the football. I mean, that was the big story coming out of preseason, if this guy could catch. And he's turned out to be a just an awesome young football player. Love his run after the catch. Uh, he's able to make catch through contact. He's extended. He has a pretty good range of when he can go up and kind of get it. But Burrow is really the guy. and He's just so confident. There's not a throw he can't make. He's on the left half, throwing out-cutting routes to the right side of the football field. Uh, he even outside the pocket. I mean, he's not a great athlete, not like the uh, young man we saw last week uh, in, in the Chargers quarterback, but he's just a notch under outside the pocket, and he continues to create plays for his football team. So, Eric, we go back to the first meeting, 10-6 uh, at halftime. Bengals end up pulling away. They went 32-13. to What is different about the Bengals and the Raiders, most importantly the Raiders, from that first meeting in that Las Vegas can pull this game off? Yeah, real, really good question. And obviously, <clears throat> when you have a head-to-head matchup like that, you want to look at it, but this is a different season. And this is totally two uh, different football teams, one, and most importantly, the Raiders have been able to stop the run the last four weeks of the season. That's been key. Whenever that clock turns in the football season to November, you got to find a football team that can stop the run and run the football after you've been able to score a couple times early. And that's exactly what uh, Coach Rich has been able to do with this football team. They have really transformed themselves, being a team that can definitely get after the quarterback, which is great with Matt and Blockway. More importantly, though, I thought, Pro Bowler and Denzel Perryman and those two tackles up front, along with Divine Diablo, the rookie, have done a really good job of stopping potent running attacks to uh, you know season lows and and situations where uh, like Indianapolis Colts, they were used to getting 140, 150. They ended up today with I think 110 yards rushing. So that's really been the key for this Raiders football team being able to stop the run. And of course, Derek Carr, fourth quarter overtime, making those critical throws. And if we go back to the Colts game, he had a free blitzer. And that free blitzer blitzer was one of the best linebackers in all the football in Darius Leonard. He just kind of sidestepped in and had a really great, accurate throw uh, to Hunter Renfro, which made all the difference. So defense stopping the run, always getting after the quarterback, and then D.C. making those plays in fourth and overtime uh, uh, situations. And you talk about the rushing defense, but on, on the other side, the rushing offense, the last three weeks, 160, 85, and 174. But it's those blue-collar yards that we're seeing Josh Jacobs really come to life and gaining. One of the things I remember Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon bringing up is that getting their offense on off the field, meaning Cincinnati being able to get Vegas's offense off the field, wearing down that defense, now – the Raiders have been able to sustain the drive. How critical have you seen that rushing game of Las Vegas come into play these last few weeks? It's been awesome. It really has been. It all starts up front. Andre James, the center, has been playing really good football the last couple of weeks. So are the two guards. And I think that's where you've been seeing the most improvement from this Raiders football team, being able to run the football right at the middle. So you see Josh and uh, Rashad being able to have their shoulders square, finishing forward, 
uh, not just always bouncing outside, even though Josh does an outstanding job at that. But I really have liked them being able to run the ball in the middle of the football field. There are several examples when you film know, of Leatherwood and Andre putting guys on skates five, seven yards down the football field. It really looks good when you look back at those wins and you see the running game really taking it apart, particularly in the fourth quarter. You know, I had a chance to catch up with Charles Woodson after the last game. We talked outside the locker room, and he was mentioned just – and then Derek even said the same thing inside the interview room in that there's no other NFL team that's gone through what they've gone through. Can you liken what the Raiders have gone through this season and overcome to anything you saw or you remember during your career? Wow. It's really um, – I tell you, from this organization moving from Oakland – uh, to Las Vegas, uh, your whole uh, fan base having to kind of identify with this team, and then the tragedy of uh, Henry Ruggs uh, killing uh, Tina Tenner, of course, uh, Coach Gruden, and our cornerback being dismissed. This has just been so much. I go back to our offseason when I played for the Philadelphia Eagles and we lost Jerome Brown and his nephew in a car accident, and it weighed heavy on our football team, but nothing like the Raiders that went through in 2021 and 2022. And for Derek Carter, Coach Rich, uh, Mike Mayock, uh, Max Crosby, and Walkway, those guys continue to lead this football team and have a double-digit win season with a chance to uh, go to Cincinnati and beat the Bengals. It's really tremendous for this leadership. I tell you what, no matter what happens, it's going to be very difficult um, uh, for this Raiders organization uh, to look at Coach Rich at the end of the season and say there's someone who could have done it better. So, again, he's done an outstanding job. He's kind of molded this team the last four or five weeks until the team looks and acts a lot like him, running the football, stopping the run, fewer penalties. Got to work on those turnovers, though, man. Right now we're like minus eight, minus nine, and that usually doesn't work well, well, well for football teams. We've been able to overcome those things, too. So, again, very difficult off the field and basically on the field. And we've been able to overcome those things and put us in a great position to be able to go in and uh, beat those Bengals uh, tomorrow. Great coverage coming up on our sister station, Raider Nation Radio 920, is uh, Q and JT the Brick. And the voice you hear right now, Eric Allen and Bruce Gradkowski, along with others, starting at 10 a.m., 10 a.m., three-plus hours of pregame on R&R 920 a.m. All right, so what's going to happen, Eric? What do you think? Can the Raiders win this thing? Well, again, yeah, but again, I think what's going to come down to the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game than people anticipate, maybe a 28-31 type of football game. And if we get to that point, and if we have an opportunity in the fourth quarter, there's no doubt in my mind that D.C. and Carlson are going to be able to get it done. Look for Big Pat, Max Coffey, maybe the second or third best player on the football field. He's got a tremendous impact in this game. He's a nonstop motor. I think the Raiders get it done in a 31-28 ball game. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Enjoy the day tomorrow. You too, my man. Anytime. There he is, Eric Allen. Good yeah. buddies, uh, actually, with uh, one of our good buddies on the show, Mark McMillan. They played way back when in uh, in Philly, and man, we have uh, we have quite the uh, wealth of knowledge from the defensive backfield with a yeah. lot of our football experts. Right? He's, he's he's he is one of my favorite people to run into before the game at, at Allegiant. He he always takes the time come over and. Uh, and Link does too. Link Kennedy, they'll come over and just talk a little pregame. And you know who else is Brent? I mean, really, the 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 whole broadcast team with this, the, you know, from coverage, um, 
the wealth of knowledge that they share before the game just come up, even whether it's five minutes, a couple minutes, whatever. But EA is always taking the time, so I'm glad we could get him on before this game. Certainly a monumental game for the Raiders. Second playoff appearance since 2002 when they went to the Super Bowl. Looking for that first victory from that playoff run. So we are going to be watching uh, the Lotus Broadcasting family, this Raiders game, all over the city. You heard that the uh, pregame show tomorrow on r and 20 is set up at the M. Uh, Ari's going to be on the north side of town at the Sky Bar and Grill as we're doing a bunch of Raider viewing parties with specials and prizes. Uh, that also includes Fox Sports Radio and Gooch at uh, Parkway Tavern in the district. Fox Sports Radio and uh, Greg Salerno, who's been doing a bunch of those uh, CH3 parties. He'll be at Parkway Tavern, the uh, one of the newer ones right there on uh, Flamingo and Decatur. And then on the east side at Rockies, if you haven't been on a, uh, over to Rockies on Maryland, Clay Baker from Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. is going to be partying there. So game starts at 1.30. Personalities from all over the LV Sports Network going to be watching the game with you all around Las Vegas. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You fired up now? Yeah, fired up for dinner. It's awesome. The song reminds me this must be like the uh, payoff with Ari for uh, ladies, right? Well, really, they, probably well, never comes, but, uh, you no, know. Well, with Ari with ladies, they just dip. Yeah, they just dip. All right. Yeah, we uh, we made it. Willie, who's always requesting songs, and, you know, it's radio, so you got to be, you know, bang, 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 bang. He wanted that song at uh, 3.15, so we get it at uh, 5. How long, do you, do you, can, can you put an estimate on, on how long I've been part of the company officially now? Uh, it seems like years. Because I've, I've requested. I mean, you have been, just because you weren't doing shows officially, but you're, you've no, been part of the company forever. No, just in general, I requested Big Willie style off the Big Willie uh, album, and I've care. yet to get that as yeah. a cut rejoin anytime I'm yeah. on. That should be part of it because, it's, I mean, it's called, it, it, it starts off with the young lady going, this one goes out to all the Big Willies, and it's called Big Willie style. Yeah. So, you so know, easy. Maybe 2023, yep. who knows? Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, we had a lot of people call up during Festivus, and they're like, take it easy on Ari. Big, yes. big Ari fans. Big Ari fans. And you know what? You can hang with Ari tomorrow. Cofield yeah. and Company uh, hanging with Ari at Sky Bar and Grill, north side of town, West Sky Canyon Park Drive. Place is outstanding. Great servers, great bartenders. He's going to be there during the game. You wear the Raiders jersey. First beer, draft beer, on the house. They've got draft specials on craft drafts and uh, – Domestic, you got $20 bucket specials. That's cool. Awesome specialty drinks like the uh, Bomb Pop. Hey, Ricky, that's one of the drinks. Uh, they got a great Sunday brunch. Don't worry about that tomorrow. Go on Sunday. Watch NFL on Sunday. But tomorrow, lunch and dinner includes the uh, Baby Back Stack, the Brick Oven Chicken Sandwich, or the Rigatoni. Rigatone. Sausage. Oh, sausage. The Rigatoni. Sausage. There you go. There you go. And... Our favorite dessert, the uh, cereal cake batter dip, served with animal crackers and seasonal fruit. <laughs> when I dip, you dip, we dip. I like doing that all old white style. There's a, re- there's a reason you threw me off guard because <laughs> last night I ordered something to go because Jordan wanted a gentleman's night for, for his birthday. So we sent a package home to my mom. But I told the old school, the waiter who I said, how long have you been here? Or the, the, the host that kept checking on the maitre d' kept coming in. 
he's, I said, how long have you been here? He goes, I've been here long. I mean, while, you know, I said, I want a specific pasta dish made. Oh, wow. Can you do that? Yeah. That was at what, Piero's? First of all, you're going back to a special room, which is uh, quite the privilege. Yeah, I saw the picture you tweeted out. I was like, what are, the, what are these guys planning, and who's going to die tonight? Like, it looked like a <laughs> meeting to set up a hit well, at old school Piero's. You never know. And then you go in there, and, and you're, you're asking for special pasta? Well, so, so, so the name of this was called Rick's Pasta, or known as Rigatoni Rizzolo. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Rick Rizzolo's dish, and it's just—it was just—it's just a specific way that the rigatoni's made with olive oil and some uh, broccoli and and chicken. But anyway, it was just funny because he looked at me. He goes, "You mean Rick's pasta?" I go, "No, I mean rigatoni Rizzolo." So when you said that, I was thinking, did I tell him that? And he's trying to goat me into saying Rizzolo, or and then, but I remember last night on the podcast he says sausage. So nice job, man. Yeah. What else did you get? What'd you get for dessert? I saw oh, I saw the dessert platter. I was like, "Mad on!" The, they brought, <coughs> excuse me. They brought the whole thing out to show the cannoli. I, I know. I was just thinking Orlowski's Dan Orlovsky was his stupid food yeah, takes where he's yeah. like, "Cannolis are terrible." Like, cannolis, where are you getting the, cannolis the at? Brulee, the, Freaking convenience the, store in Connecticut. The, Get a real cannoli, you dummy. The tiramisu. Um, they had some special cheesecake. They had a bunch of different. They brought the whole platter. I personally got the creme brulee. Normally, I get the tiramisu. Now that I think about it, I think I ordered the tiramisu, and the guy brought me the creme brulee. But at the, at this one, the bottom, Might have to hit not, there just, tonight. not just underneath, it was it – was, they had a, a layer of chocolate underneath. It was a little different. So when you dug – when you hit the, that, that flamed part, the gla- you know, the little crisp, then you ran into a little chocolate. So I'm going to hit another Italian joint tonight. There you go. There you go. Take but, Ari. And you won't have time on Saturday because you're covering the game. You won't have time to go see Ari. I'm not covering nothing. I'm folding laundry. Are you? Yep. I might check in. I might have to bounce around to some of the viewing parties tomorrow. There might be a good little bounce. I definitely, I, I mean, any of the ones that you choose, but Ari's would definitely be fun. I, I, very, I encourage people to go out to the watch parties that we host because they're really good. The prizes, the drink specials, everything that's going on, and the food. Because most of the places that I've been it, – it, it, no matter where or what, ever since a long time ago with the late, great Frank uh, Harnish doing doing some pregame stuff with him and Clay Hamilton. We do it up at uh, Parkway. I mean, every place that, that we do something, the food is outstanding. So I highly suggest it. All right, did you check out the menu at uh, Sky Bar? Are you uh, basically going with, what, the uh, plain burger with a plain bun? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I've Wet got fries? A, I've got a lot of ideas. I'm definitely interested in that dip, dip, dip. Uh, really, you may go dessert. I may just. We will see. We'll see. Uh, do no, you miss- generally tip uh, somewhere between what five and ten percent, or you can actually treat wow. the servers the right way? Hmm. He's cheap, man. He's real cheap. I I am cheap, or uh, what's the the phrase Frugal? Steve uses? Frugal. Yes, Frugal. I am. But Frugal. I would never do that. Not only as a as a normal night. person, but also representing this company. Hmm. So yeah, I was throwing bills everywhere. I'm excited though. I'm I just sure got my are. hands on the prizes. Got a lot of good prizes too. Uh, so yeah, come see me. Do you tip the matrix? Not you, Steve. Just, you know, just, I don't, just, just the listeners. Joints. I'll be honest. I don't really go to many places that have the matrix. Oh. <laughs> I always throw the matrix. The, the, the goodbye handshake, I palm them something. And then oh, the, nice. the valet kid. And you got to do it. They parked it's, the it's new a, car up front, so I had to take care of them. It's a service town, man. It is, and that, that's what they, they rely on that. So you got to take care of you. They take care of you, you take care of them. Period. 
here's the thing. I've gone to nice restaurants, like like pricey places. And here's the thing. I can't stand going to pricey places with people, and then they sit there and they they try to figure out well and this. Don't go. I mean, if you're. What do you mean? Go, what are they doing this and that? What are you talking about? Well, they're trying to fit it within a budget. Don't go to those oh, places then. Yeah. You know, order. Just order. Yeah. And, and you know what? If you can't afford it, I'll pay for it. Whatever. But, I mean, order and enjoy yourself. Well, you can't go there and start to think and, and pull out the calculator. I'll, and I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit. You told me a story during the break where, you know, when you go with a big group and you split them evenly, sometimes people there aren't drinkers. Maybe they don't eat seafood. And then you'd hit you a couple hours later that a couple of people, a couple of people in your group didn't really go much beyond just like an entree, and then you reached out to them and you said, hey, you paid too much. Yeah, so, so today here, here I, I cash-apped them their money like back. That. And one of them, you know, because they, they, and they weren't going to say anything because it was Jordan's birthday. So, they, so to them it was like, you know, and at that room. Yeah, you got a minimum you, in the room, you, right? You, yeah, there's a minimum per person in the room if your party doesn't, if you don't have, I think it's 14 people. So you have to, you have to pay the minimum. And some of those guys, one guy didn't drink at all, and he's allergic to fish, so he didn't have it. We had, oh had clams on the half shell. We had calamar. So he had a salad and an entree and no wine. So, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, I felt bad. I like that guy. That's you. Yeah. That's the person we have to worry about. Whoever. Thrifty, frugal Ari. Who, Ari would have had who, breadsticks who, and a salad. Right. He had Olive Garden. Just send him to Olive Garden. Well. We, we kind of did for he the did. holidays. So. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to don't let you in on his, his Cofield Company gift, but uh, that's what he wanted, so that's what he got. So, yeah. Hey, awesome. just home, man. Exactly. If, if that's what he likes and that's what he got, then that's all that matters. Exactly. He, he got one Italian place. You got another Italian place. That's the way it worked. By the way, I used uh, some of your perfect seasoning last night. I used yeah. the Cajun yeah. on uh, just some chicken breast. Pretty good. Tea, pretty good. Nice job there. Did you hit the gym after the perfect gym? That's the question. Are you kidding me? Did you see yeah. the picture earlier? Um, uh, not yeah. you, Willie. Not yeah. you. Did you see the picture that Willie sent out earlier? Just a profile of me all hunched over with awful, awful posture and a, a non-slimming black shirt. I did hike up a mountain and went and lifted yesterday before the big dinner. So, Ooh. Right, well, I, I walk a little bit at the game tonight on the sidelines. I mean, most of the time I'm, again, sitting. Will you be out of breath when you go down the stairs? Uh, up the stairs. Up the stairs. Yeah, up the stairs. Down? No. But I will tell you that I, it's weird, man. I don't know what it is. I have, like, I have stair phobia now. I don't want to jinx myself, but when I go down the stairs, I am, like, Holding freaking 98 years old. I am not taking a freaking header. Jesus. I know. You're holding the rail, the whole thing. Two fists in it. Well, you, you know what You know what it is? If you if you uh, you notice, your, your peripheral is jacked up when you wear the mask. So I get a little nervous. You know, you're looking down all the time because you don't have full vision. So I'm, I'm mm. just extra careful. I just I sounds you know. like an excuse to me. Well, I watched the so uh, shacked in a, a shacked in a fool last year and, and break her ankle. So now I'm very very conscious of uh, fatty going down. I, I, not her, me. That'd be a tumble. She's not fatty, but me. Fatty go boom is not something I want with a fatty go boom. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I saw what it was like for, for her to break a bone. Right? It, that's not fun. Try not to do that. All right, pick on the game. What's going to happen? Raiders game. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm. It's hard to go against the way that the Raiders are playing right now. I just, I'm. It's, a, it's a, the thing that concerns me most is the weather. To be quite honest with you, so it's, I think it's going to come down to the end. Whoever's holding the ball last. That's what game is over on uh, nine twenty tomorrow, and ninety two three. UNLV game coming up on ESPN Las Vegas eight o'clock.